The FM Evolution Podcast is brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services. We'll ensure consistently great performance to help keep your business running smoothly. For more information, visit cgpconstruction.com. Understand what you need to have in the next few years and make sure that you set yourself up for scalability and for durability of whatever that investment is. This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and digouts. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember to call CGP. They are ready to be on-site 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready. And because they are a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today at 858-454-7326 or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at FM Evolution. Welcome to Connects 2021. I'm excited to be here, you guys. We're meeting so many new people. And today is no exception. I'm excited to have Christine Whittion and Chris Tracy. Tracy, thank you. From the scene group and uh, today we're going to be talking about electric vehicle readiness across all fm a big subject a lot of things going on right now it's a huge market things are changing um but uh, before we hop into it i really kind of want to get to know you guys a little bit better and actually if you take a moment just tell us a little bit about you and your company and then we'll get started Sure. Hi, everybody. My name is Christine Witte. I'm the director of Emerging Markets. I'm, I've got a really strong passion for safety and reliability. I've been in the space for about 10 years. I'm a certified safety and or a certified maintenance and reliability professional. And um, today we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to both Chris and my heart is EV adoption and electric vehicle charging station integration and maintenance. So hello, everybody. I'm Chris Tracy, director of national accounts for Scene Group, um, originally of the electrical distribution world. Uh, licensed electrician myself, so a lot of years in the industry and actually in the field, so um, and, and very product familiar. So uh, excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Sure. I love this show. It's good to meet some amazing people. And uh, it is a kind of a tradition on our show, a little bit to talk about uh, what we're reading. Um, our company is very centered around growth and, and leaders and readers, and I, I'd love to kind of get uh, to know you guys a little bit better that way. And so we talked a little bit about this before, yep. but what are we, what are we reading today? Uh, so for myself, I'm reading 12 Rules for Life. It's a book by Jordan Peterson. Um, but I have to admit, I'm listening to it on Audible. Yes. I'm about uh, 12 hours in, almost done with it. And uh, my kids and I are reading um, The Not-So-Friendly Friend. It's actually authored by a dear friend of mine, Christy Furnival. So if you have young kids, I would highly recommend checking it out. Uh, she's a huge advocate for kindness, compassion, and confident little children. And this book really does a good job of um, kind of painting the picture and teaching great lessons along the way. Nice. Believe it or not, I'm reading Grapes, uh, Grapes of Wrath. No uh, way. Yeah, I, I don't know what possessed me. A little me to light do that. reading? Uh, yeah, a little light reading. Exactly. <laughs> I figured I'd read a classic, and that's a classic, and I had never read it in high school. So I figured I'd give it a shot. So, among some other books, they're selling and things like that. So. That is awesome. Yeah, uh, we, we focus a lot on 
really kind of staying in your niche too. So we, our project managers are always reading, you know, leadership books and, and, and all the leaders really are. So I love that. I might add those to my list. I have read Grace Rath, but it's been so long. I might have to revisit that. Steinbeck, you know, you got to get into yeah, Steinbeck. That's right. All right, guys, let's hop into this. Wow, let's hop into this. Let's hop into this. And uh, let's talk about this a little bit because this is a big thing to kind of deal with an emerging market. And there's so many things to kind of hop into. But I want to talk a little bit about the, the growth of BV and, uh, and really, you know, the kind of pressure FMs are under to deal with this and, and what they're facing with the future looks like for EV. Uh, I mean, very timely, as we were just discussing, you know, today the bill was passed for the infrastructure um, uh, bill and the credits around EV charging stations. So seven and a half billion dollars will be allocated toward integrating these charging stations so that they can support the scale of electric vehicles that will be adopted just as quickly. And so what that means is that facility managers are under a lot of pressure to um, to really plan a program around integrating, maintaining, upgrading, and servicing all of these charging stations. So uh, I guess the hot topic is, you know, where do they go for support? How do they start? Is there even a framework around um, around this sort of program today? Well, there really isn't. It's somewhat the wild, wild west out there where in the past, you know, these have been adopted on similar bills and then they haven't been maintained and it's created a lot of waste. So SEAM Group is very passionate about, you know, creating the, that partnership so that we can help facility managers plan, integrate, commission, maintain, and scale their electric vehicle charging stations for their tenants, visitors, customers, and guests. Wow. That's crazy. I, Chris, what do, you, what do you have? Anything to add to that? Yeah, no. I mean, that's the big thing. With this bill being passed now, there's so much money being thrown around or there will be thrown around. Um, it, you know, you just have to get the infrastructure going. And these facility managers are definitely going to be into you know, a lot of uh, board meetings and their boss is going to be coming and saying, hey, you know, we got to we got to stay green. We got to make sure we're part of this initiative. And most importantly, we want to grab this money. If it's yeah. available, let's get our hands. Now's on the it. time. Now's the time. Get you know, started on now it. Forever hold your peace. So I think we're going to see more and more people coming out of the woodwork and saying we want to get into this. You know, how do we get into this? Well, Christine, where do you where does an FM start? I mean, it like you said, it, it is a huge topic. I hear, there's so many things, there's so many moving parts. Exactly. Well, where do you, where do you start at? So you start with just looking at your um, facility and trying to understand the patterns of whoever's coming to your facility. So let's just say it's a Gaylord. We're here at the Gaylord hotel um, mm. at the national Harbor. So you have all these guests that are coming in, they're driving vehicles to stay at your hotel. Well, if I drive an electric vehicle, I sure need to make, I need to make sure that there is an electric vehicle charging station that I can access while I'm a guest on property. So if I'm the Gaylord, I need to be thinking about that particular guest, their patterns, how they charge, do they need a fast charge or is a level one or two, a slow charger appropriate? Um, so it really starts with understanding the use case for the guest, visitors, tenants of your particular property. And, and you know, part of that is <clears throat> what we encourage our facilities uh, people to do is really look at your building and what's the infrastructure like in the building itself? Does it have the right service? You know, can it handle the load? Some of these facilities are going to go all in and say they want 10 to 15 to 20 units. That's a big load. That's a big demand on your system. So do you have 480 volts available to do the DC fast chargers? Do you just want to do level two because the customers don't necessarily want to charge in an hour? They can take six or eight hours to charge their vehicle, four hours, whatever that is. And you can go with a level two and maybe you don't need quite as much power. Um, so that's a big deal. And, you know, for us, it's site survey and 
you know, our shameless plug here, Sean. They got to call Seam. You know, they got they yeah, got to call Seam to find out what they need to do. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> call Seam. Exactly. Got that's it. the bottom. That's so the bottom line here. And, and all your problems are solved. <laughs> and even if it's not Seam, it's just making sure you have a partner that understands all of the nuances, all of the outliers um, of this, you know, very complex program. It's not. It's not simple. It's not straightforward because there are so many options yeah. and you really want to make sure that you choose an asset and choose a, a partner that's going to help you scale this program and get the best out of that investment. So, you know, in kind of preparation for this, I watched some YouTube. <laughs> like every day. Like every day yeah. else, like every other normal day of my life. But uh, I mean, it was interesting because the experiences that people have with Tesla, for example, is way different than they have, say, for like Ford that's coming out. By the way, it's, I really want one of those four trucks. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I, there are a lot of different choices now, a lot of different brands uh, that are developing, that are still developing. Um, how do they select a charger? Because they have now a lot of different cars to, to really deal with. More All than ever. about open protocol. Oh, boy. <laughs> we're big believers in that. And I'll let Chris touch on that. We were just chatting about that earlier. Yeah, and the open protocol, obviously, it's important to get the right charger in place because what does your mechanism look like? What does the car charge with? What does it have a Chatamo? Does it have a CCS? You know, there are different connectors that come and play with that. So yeah. Tesla's always been that standalone company, yeah. justifiably so. I get it. But now he's even coming out and saying, I want to open my protocol. I want other cars to charge off of my fast chargers. He's trying to open his network a little Smart. more, and that's important. Um, but you're right. There are so many companies out there right now, and they're all doing very similar stuff. Um, you know, I think it's important to find out what a company's track record is, what their safety record is, um, how many units they have in the field. Are they are they battle tested, if you will? Yeah. Um, you know, what do they like to maintain? Um, does the company stand behind their product? Are they UL? Are they ETL certified? That's all important stuff that they really need to look at. There's a lot to it. There's a lot of there's a lot of research involved right now. And as you said, you look at YouTube and you look at what's going on. So much information. You're looking at the research and guys are just scratching their heads and saying, what do we do? Um, so yeah, there's a lot of research and a lot of talking before you actually implement this plan. A lot of planning. Yeah. I, I mean, it seems like it's going to take a whole lot of preparation, a lot of planning. And I can I can totally understand how an FM would want to have a resource with you guys to help them with this, just like anything else they're dealing with. They have so many other moving parts to deal with. This is just one of those subjects that is it's kind of a monster. And just listening to you, I can't even start to think about all the different protocols and all the different requirements that are needed. And that, um, and I, that, yeah, that, and, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but you know, yeah. you're absolutely right. And the, and the, point, the, the maintenance part of this is really big too. So you have to look at it from a facilities person standpoint and say, I really don't want to maintain these things. Maybe I don't have the expertise to maintain these things. I don't For have sure. the project managers on staff to do this and put this whole program together. Um, that's why it's important to get a company that can get involved and understand from soup to nuts, beginning to end. When you install it, how you maintain it, what does it charge? You know, how, how much are you charging? If you're charging anybody yeah. at all, um, there's a lot to it. You know, it's interesting because like we're based in California and um, California's great. Full of great regulations and lots of rules and you know and uh, we love California, but um, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about how things are set up, what the kind of regulations are like, um, and then there's also existing skill uh, uh, capacity, scalability, all kinds of stuff. I mean, we could kind of start with the regulation side of things. So it really does depend um, on the state and sometimes even the municipality. You know, what are they um, asking their their properties to do? What are they saying it needs to be? 
um, integrated by way of electric vehicle charging stations and service equipment for those charging stations. So you have to look at those regulations. They're readily available. They're um, you know publicly available. And then find a partner that can help you walk through how to how to start, where to start, um, and ensuring that you don't you know do this in haste and have waste later. Understand what you need to have in the next few years and make sure that you set yourself up for scalability and for durability of whatever that investment is. And that's, you know, we're big proponents of that because we don't want to see, you know, anybody invest in something that can't perform to its intended use um, or scale based on where things are headed from an adoption standpoint. Yeah. The government regulations, are, you're right. You hit the nail on the head. There's so many different things going on from the federal level and the state level. You know, certain states require their, their requirements are a little more strict. And you hit the nail on the head. California is the benchmark. If you can follow California yes. standards, you know, near and dear to my heart, it's the lighting world was Title 24. And oh, if yeah. you look at California <laughs> and the Title 24 requirements, they're crazy. But I always advise my customers, if you can build to that California standard, you got to beat. You know, you have most of those regulations down. I mean, they're coming out with regulations. If you have 25 or more parking spaces, you have to have 10% of those spaces available for EV chargers. Wow. Um, so think about these parking lots that are giant. And yeah. have all these these employees, and they're going to want to put a lot of charging stations. I mean, we're in retail. This is a re- mostly a retail show, multi multi site facilities. But some of these retail facilities have hundreds of parking spaces, and the mandate's going to be strict. The yeah. mandate's going to be strict. And here's something interesting about retailers, and it, it's 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 been proven now with what they have. A lot of retailers say we like the EV charges because it makes a customer stay longer in our store. <laughs> so yeah. you pull up to the mall, Sorry. you plug in, you plug in, you're going to take a little more time because ah, I want to give my car another half hour to charge. So let me go to that store down there, or let me linger in this store a little longer. So it's been proven already in some studies that people that are charging cars in a mall or that type of a shopping experience stay longer. Also, another choice to make when you're choosing those: no how long do we want them to stay? Right. Exactly. Or will they stay? Right. 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 Yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, that goes back to the ROI. We're often asked, you know, what is the ROI if I integrate, you know, 10 charging stations? Well, if you're a Target or a Walmart, the ROI may not be financial from, you know, profitability of that charging station and guests that are coming to use it. If you are charging them, it may be guests coming into the store, buying more, staying longer um, and getting that footfall. So it's it's important for, you know, for our customers to understand, you know, what that ROI can be that's more qualitative than quantitative. And we help walk them through that and talk through that. So we set this up, you know, for the best success based on their bearing situations. Gotcha. Well, we have so much to cover. We're going to run up, uh, get some commercial break. We're going to thank cool. the sponsors right now. And we'll be back at Connects 2021 and Seed Group. CGP Maintenance and Construction Services Incorporated is not just a general contractor. They build, service, and maintain facilities while self-performing for some of the largest brands in the nation. With over 33 years in business, they've got what it takes to be the partner you deserve in today's fast-paced facility management marketplace. Welcome back to the show. Sean Black here. I'm your host at the Connects 2021 show. We've been here for... Two days now. Two days. Having a great time. And uh, we're back with Christine and Chris from Scene Group. And we're talking EV or all things EV right now. Um, and so kind of want to jump back in this. We were talking about regulations and all the different choices in EV and all those things that FM really have to deal with. Um, so what I want to know is my standpoint, when I was doing this research, I'm thinking about this. The research to me, more so, right? Doubles every 18 months or so. So that means the tech is so changing so quickly. Yes. How in the world do it, does an FM deal with that? How do they keep up with all those changes and still 
make long-term plans. And we kind of talk about scalability a little bit. Yep. But can I, what are, how, the, how do I make choices? What do they expect to do? I mean. Well, it's, it's tricky. So <laughs> about 10 years ago, there was a big push for EV charging stations. And there was a bill that was passed. And all of these blink charging stations, uh, 1,500 or something like that of them were integrated. Mm. And those quickly um, went by the wayside and were, were no longer u- um, utilized because they didn't work because the technology had changed so fast. They weren't maintained appropriately. Um, nobody really understood what the life cycle of those assets looked like after they were commissioned. So as technology continues to change very rapidly, you really need to have a partner that understands that, that has relationships with the OEMs, that has ready ready availability to get parts, to get hardware, firmware, to be able to go to that asset and upgrade it, um, to understand over-the-air upgrades where you're not having to physically drive a truck and send a human. Yeah, so it's thinking about all those things, like how can I make these upgrades simple so that I don't have to invest in a complete retrofit or overhaul or what is the balance between upgrading this or just, you know, basically swapping it out for a newer charging station and having a partner that can help walk through that and do a financial analysis and cost benefit for you. That's a lot. It's a lot. But That's a lot. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of resources if you look for the right, if you look the right places and if you, um, you have those extensions into the OEMs because the OEMs ultimately are the ones upgrading their charging stations. So you do need to have those direct relationships and open lines of communication with them. And Christine, I can tell you right now, is our leading expert on that because she's talked to more EV charger companies in the last three months than anybody on this planet. So she's she's been dialed into what they're doing. And and it's really about that expandability and how progressive are they? Are they looking to future-proof, right? You're a construction guy. You know, customers are going to say, well, it's just going to change in three years. Well, let's try to future-proof this. How do you do that? It's a crystal ball question. Um, But there are a lot of companies out there that are saying, okay, let's Let's take this motherboard out. Let's upgrade it to this. Let's make it a double port. Let's change the connectors. You know, there are those things that you need to be able to do. And all of these things really, quite frankly, are very modular. So they're making them so that I'm going to be able to go in. I'm going to pop out a board. I'm going to put a new one in. Um, you know, and that's the other consideration for facility manager is what's this going to be like if I have to upgrade this thing? Yeah. What's this going to be like if I have to maintain it and change something? Is it going to be down for four hours while I'm not exactly. generating revenue? So yeah, there's there's a big part of that. Plan, exactly, the whole thing. How do you plan for that? Right, exactly. Right. So you know, there's a lot of research in those companies to say, where are you guys? How long have you been doing this? And you know, what am I? What is the future proof for you guys? What does that look like? We actually, Sean, we had a dinner last night with a um, a client of ours, a charging station company, SemiConnect, um, one of their senior executives, and he was explaining just you know their technology and their hardware. They want to make it very simple to upgrade, very easy to maintain. They thought about you know. What is this asset? What, what kind of pain points come along with this asset after the investment? And they've tried to really simplify it. They're also talking about how they're developing this technology and you know new charging stations for the direct, um, the direct current fast charging, which are completely different because they have cooling systems and they have um, sometimes battery backups. And there's so much more that's complex with those. So having that direct relationship with a company, with the OEM, um, and being able to communicate with them so you understand what's coming on the roadmap, what do you need to do to position yourselves to service it? And what do you need to communicate your client to your clients so they understand what's readily available? I wouldn't even want to start this on my own if I was an FM. It's so funny. When I first got into working with FM, uh, you know, from the construction standpoint, you're like, oh, great. We're going to go change some tile, fix some, uh, some drywall. Oh. And, uh, you know. No, oh, that's technology now. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And there, you know, there's so much. And EV was not even a thing. Uh, I mean, we, this company has been started for, was, and been in business 35 years. That, this whole transition to all this technician or all this technology, it's 
been amazing. And there's so much to learn and keep up with. So what are you going to do to position yourself with you guys having all these trucks and service providers yeah. to help your facility managers, you know, integrate their charging stations? Are you guys thinking it's been about that? It's been interesting. We interest, we've had a conversation of moving over to all electric fleets for us. Okay. And wow. it's not quite there yet on the cost savings, yeah. um, but it's getting there. It's getting really close. Getting getting vans and maintaining them and doing all that, there's clear advantages mm-hmm. for us. The cost of gas being one of them is a major one, especially in California. Yep. Uh, thank you, California. Uh, and so, yeah, we're it's very close to, to making that decision, but we have to figure out because we send our guys home with their vans. We have mobile technicians all over the stage. Uh, and so we really do figure out, okay, we're going to have to equip everyone with a charging station. So there is something I should mention that may be beneficial to you and to anyone watching. There are companies that will actually, um, they will finance all of that for you. So they'll come in, they'll analyze wow. your fleet. They'll say, okay, you're spending X amount on this fleet per month. We're going to take that from you. You're going to pay us that exact amount. We're going to electrify everything. Put the charging stations at your technicians' homes. Make it really simple for you. It'll be paid off in five years. You're not paying anymore. Sometimes you're saving. Yeah. And then they do it for you. It's very turnkey. Um, one in particular cool. is Charge Labs, and they become friends of ours, and we're excited to be working with them. Um, Amp Up is another one. So it's just knowing what's out there and not trying to do it all on your own. No, finding somebody with the core competencies to make it end to end and super easy. I think that's really important because a, a lot of our listeners are not only facility managers, but they're in facilities, you know, as construction, as they, you know, they have fleets of vehicles. Yep. And so I, I know if we're looking at it, everyone else Everybody is, too. is yes. And, and if you have technicians that are bringing those things home, then you're looking at the residential chargers and there's a thousand dollar rebate on those things. So, and those units are not terribly wow. expensive. Yeah. So you can outfit those guys at home with their jar, with their charging units for very little money. Um, and, and get a subsidy in the process, and then you're good to go. Because to your point, these guys are bringing the trucks home. They're plugging it in at night and walking away, so they they, they can charge it for six or eight hours. Yeah, have a full have time. charge by the time they come outside. So they don't need that level two, level three fast charger. They need that level one residential grade, and it'll be more than enough, and it won't break the bank. It's gonna be interesting too, because we're gonna have to make those same choices that a lot of FMs are now, including the vehicle choices. Yeah. Because we get some of these guys, you know, they're on call all the time and they got to be able to find a place to charge. Exactly. And that's, that's another part of it. There's so much to go over. (laughs) (laughs) Mind blown. Yeah, no. So it's, it is a conversation we are having and it's it's certainly really, really important. Um, I know one of the things that we look at is an FM too, is, is the safety of the equipment. And I know that there's not a lot of oversight right now. With this, like you said, it's kind of the wild west. So, what should FNs be considering when they're looking at equipment, like equipment degradation? You know, all the different factors when it comes to the safety and health of the people using stations. Right, making sure that the partner that they're um, working with really understands um, how to approach the the integration, the, the maintenance, the installation of these equip this equipment in a safe fashion, the proper PPE, um, identifying risks and hazards educating and training facility managers on if they're going to do any of this themselves, what needs to happen. If there's battery storage systems as a backup energy solution, um, understanding the risks and hazards of these lithium ion battery packs. Um, and, and just, again, really understanding what the risks are, where the hazards are, having a partner that helps you integrate that, train your staff on it, um, and really just set it up for success and alleviate any chance of there being, you know, some sort of issue where you have emergency response, uh, yeah. you know, on the back end. And we're very passionate about, making sure that doesn't happen. 
and, and you know, it's again about the safety. So we've heard the stories about the Tesla catching on fire, right. and you know, that, that's the big YouTube video of the week. And yeah. you know, and now people are panicking oh, and saying, "Okay, I'm getting in my electric car and it's going to blow up." So, and that's that's an anomaly. That's 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 the exception, not the norm. But to Christine's point, these facilities managers need to really look at it and say, "What if I have an electrical fire with a DC charge?" You know, what does that look like? How do I put that out? What are the mitigating factors there? Um, and, and are these things intrinsically safe? And, and honestly, all of these things are pretty intrinsically safe. So what that means is you take that connector off the charger. You can't get your fingers inside there. There's no way of electrifying yourself, so to speak. Um, things are That's well grounded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, Just and, and they do that so, for a reason. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they, they can't trust anybody really, and they, they shouldn't. Um, a little kid coming over to it or whatever happens, you know, they just, they can't take that chance. But so there are a lot of factors of, are these things safe for someone to stand next to? And if there is an issue, how do I deal with it? So there's a lot of training that goes into that. When I think of that safety, I mean, I think of my kids trying to operate one. Sure. You know, sure. my daughter's 18, she's driving, she's just learning how to use gas. And you know? I'm like, she's scared of the gas pump. Yeah. You know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. It's got to be easy for that. her. You know sure. I mean? yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and safe. Yeah. And safe. And I know FMs, a lot of their job is really, you know, taking all the safety into consideration for all the guests to come through the doors. And, you know, from everything from trip hazards to, uh, you know, blowing up, you know, electrical vehicles. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully that, that will never happen. So. But just don't, you never know. <laughs> and, and, you know, we're, we're intrinsically a safety company. That's yeah. kind of our background. It's in our DNA. So we look at it from the standpoint of educating a facility manager on, okay, here's how you use this thing. Here's what we're going to do to install it. Here's where we're going to put it to make it safe. But here are your safety protocols and we can design that program. Sorry, another shameless plug for scene group, but we can design <laughs> that safety program no. so that they know exactly what am I going to do in an emergency? You know, what are the, what are, what are the safety precautions with this thing? And we can design that. FMs need good partners for any, you know, different, you know, facets of, other facilities. This is just another one of those. It happens to be really complex. Yes. I think one thing that's worth mentioning just from an educational and an awareness standpoint is um, as you're integrating, you know, these electric vehicle charging stations or any sort of renewable energy and you have battery storage or you have direct current, you know, NFPA 70, that's kind of like the, the guiding light as to what you should do by regulatory, um, by regulations to keep every, keep your workers safe, keep your visitors safe. But when you have battery backup and you have these energy storage systems, you know, NFPA 70 says avoid, avoid operating or touching an energized system at all costs. However, you cannot de-energize these battery backup packs. You can't, they're, they're, um, they're always energized. And so there's a lot of risks there. There's been uh, an influx of fires and explosions. And when that art flash happens, it's instant and people don't walk away from that. And so we want to help our customers understand there may be more than we see, you know, just in, at, with the naked eye, because that particular battery pack could have been mishandled, you know, way upstream. And now we're, we're getting it here, you know, in our hands and we don't know what happened. So know. It's, it's looking at the value chain and looking at all the intermediates between there and doing everything we can to evaluate what could have went wrong before we install and make sure that that is safe when it's in our hands and we're integrating it for our customers. One of the things you said earlier, I kind of want to bring back up because I was thinking about it is uh, life cycle. And, and we talked about the maintenance on these a little bit. Um, what kind of preventive maintenance is there for EV? Every, every piece of equipment that comes through the door and, and, and is in a facility, they have to take into consideration the life cycle on that and when to reinvest and re- when to renew it and when to repair it. 
it really depends on the actual um, charging station and the manufacturer. What we do is we take a technology-enabled approach to um, asset performance. And so let's say we have a, a client that has you know facilities all across North America with different makes and models of charging stations. We know what the OEM says by way of maintaining them, and we abide by that and follow that. But we also enable you know QR codes on that asset. So we have a system of record to wow. know anytime there was an inspection repaired into that asset. So now we can start to use that data to further educate our clients so that they understand this OEM is performing much better for you. You've had less downtime, uh, less expense in the in the um, upkeep of its life cycle and help drive you know, optimization across their scale as they continue to buy more. Um, for the charging stations that are fast charging, there will be more maintenance and it's really making sure that you aren't afraid to invest in that because if you don't, that asset can never perform to its intended function. And the investment was a waste from the get-go. Yeah. So the, the level one and the level two charges, not as much maintenance involved there. Level three is a little higher level. Um, and level threes have filters. Um, they have things that really need to be maintained. On a level three, they're recommending about every 30 days, someone go out and check those filters. And those filters are for airflow. Yeah. Um, because it's DC and it's a higher voltage, in most cases it's 480 volt, that heat buildup is pretty severe. And if you're outside and you have it in a sunny area, those filters need to be clean. Mm. Um, if they clog up, you could have a down, you know, you could have a hazardous condition and you could also have a, a revenue loss. Obviously, you lose these things and they go offline. What do you do? I'm sure there's going to be a lot of environmental considerations as well. Absolutely. I, we have an office in Phoenix. I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. so hot exactly. Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. That, and then, you know, here on the East Coast, you guys get weather here that's it's quite cold. It is. Yeah. yeah and, and all those things factor in is to, and to Christine's point, the manufacturer tells us, here's what our, here's our recommended maintenance is. Believe it or not, some of the maintenance can be as simple as sending someone out to wipe off that video screen because oh, it's yeah. in a high traffic area. There's a lot of dust. People aren't, the touchpads aren't reacting properly. So it's just a matter of going out and cleaning. So the maintenance can be something minor to something like, okay, we need to change this charger cord because someone ran over it. It's got a cut in it, you know, and that's the inspection part of this too. Yeah. We send people out to look at these things and make sure, again, back to the safety part, there's no, you know, moving parts that aren't supposed to be moving. You know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, exactly. That's important. Um, you know, I did have a kind of a follow-up question to that, which was the data that you guys collect from all of the life cycles, all the different brands, are you feeding that back to the manufacturers? Are, so are they kind of learning from you guys? Are you partnering with them? We, we absolutely could. Um, oftentimes it's for our customers to understand what that asset's doing, what um, inspection and repairs have been done. They can pull at the end of the year, all the inspection and repairs. They may have to use that for regulatory or for insurance standpoints, but um, it, it enables just uh, visibility into what that asset's doing. I think about it like a physiological monitor, you know, on the asset, because although the assets typically have some sort of e-mobility software that tells you if it's, you know, if it's connected, if it's online, um, if it's been booked by a potential driver, mm. when it's offline, it doesn't collect information on what's been done to resolve any problems or what type of parts have been um have been installed or upgraded. So we come in on the back end and we kind of close that loop. So it gives you, you know, a real, again, a, a ledger into everything that that asset's done and across its life cycle. And that history is important, as you can imagine, to your yeah, point. Yeah, no, absolutely. You, you need that history to say, okay, here's what typically goes wrong with this level charge. Um, and, and where in the in the country is it more prevalent? So we, we're able to track that with our I think that'd be real important to FMs. I mean, because they're going to need that data to be able to make educated decisions on the next investment, the next property. And think about it this way as well. Say you have a um, an FM that wants to maintain these themselves. So they need to be trained and educated on that. 
And we can make it really simple because with that QR code on that specific asset, they go up with their mobile device. It's, it's a mobile, easy solution. And it tells you exactly what needs to be done. So it's right there at your fingertips. Instead of having to remember or go back to a manual, it's all collected you know, at the site, data on your mobile phone at your fingertips, sent back to that main platform, which is called Viewpoint. Um, and we've just seen a lot of success in taking things from manual to technology enabled. Right. So much data, so much data so collection. Much data. Everything's about data, 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 data. Well, and, and to, to that point, a lot of these things are networked, yeah. right? They're talking oh, to each true. other and, and they're going back to a central station and they're collecting that data. Um, and that's important. You know, that's very important. Networking is big. Well, guys, we're going to wrap up here. I, got, I do want to hear one more thing from you guys before we close. Which is if you could tell the Sony manager one thing or one thing you took away that is really important that they need to know, what would it be? Again, I think it's just... Um, it's an investment with your time, um, your money, uh, your, the experience of your customers, visitors, clients, whatever that may be. Make sure you think about that investment wisely and you find a partner that has the core competencies to help you from the planning phase to the execution phase and the maintenance thereafter. And there are people out there that can do it. Um, do your due diligence and, and find that and reach out. And we're happy to help. Um, we're, we're here for you know, clients globally and we're working globally with uh, OEM manufacturers, with automobile manufacturers, with battery system storage um, intermediaries. So we, we have the expertise, we have the talent and we're really passionate about it. Uh, so I would just say, think, think about that and make sure you, you don't do it in haste. And, and I would echo that. I think basically a lot of facilities managers would say, you know, it's a stand-up unit. I can figure it out. You know, I'll, I have some skilled labor here. We can do it ourselves. And, and they probably can. A lot of them are very yes. adept at, at doing stuff yeah. like that. But if you bring in a partner who has seen it from soup to nuts and understands how to select these things to your earlier questions about how do you, you know, where do you sort this stuff out? Maybe you give them a good, better, best, and then say, okay, here's how you implement it. Here's how close to the building you want to be. Um, here's what you should charge or how you should charge. And then have a maintenance program in place. And, and that's, that's a whole program that really most facility managers that aren't familiar with this technology and haven't done this before, they really need someone to help advise them through it. And I, I would recommend, just as Christine said, get, get that value partner that can help you. Great. Awesome, guys. Well, if uh, FM wants to find you, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Oh, LinkedIn would be great. Um, yeah. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. It's uh, Christine O'Rourke Witte. That's O-R-O-U-R-K-E-W-I-T-T-E. Uh, it's not hyphenated. Um, I look forward to meeting you guys and thank you for being here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, email is best way to reach me. C Tracy at scenegroup.com. Tracy's T-R-A-C-Y, no E. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, you know, we get inquiries all the time from even from um, EV charger companies reaching out and saying, sure. we, we need a warranty uh, provider, we need a service provider. And, and so we're doing a lot of that now with the EV charger companies. And you'd be surprised how many companies went out there and flooded the market with their product and then said, uh-oh, now what do we do? You know, how do we yeah. maintain these things? We have these down. We're trying to find a local electrician in that area. You know, we have over 6,000 partners around the country. So our network is pretty broad. Wow. Well, that's awesome, you guys. Well, thank you for coming on and educating me. Thank you so much. Uh, I fun. feel like I learned a little bit. Uh, there's so much to kind of go through and learn. I'll, I'll be, uh, be in touch with you more. We'll awesome. Out Yay. More. <laughs> Everyone out there, thank you guys for joining us from the show. Um, we'll see you again. We have more to come. So stay tuned.